Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. What the hell is that noise? That's right, folks. We are the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons, where we review an episode at random through seasons 11 and beyond because we don't start with the first 10 seasons. Those are the golden age. And there's a billion podcasts out there that discuss those golden age episodes. We want to see if there's actually some gems out there that can compete with those golden age episodes. So that's why we do this at random. Uh, This year and this record, we usually do it uh, new episodes, season 33. Well, this last weekend uh, was Halloween. So there wasn't a new episode. Instead, we did the old wheel of random, and that's what we're here. That's a lot of explaining. Sorry about yeah. that. I forgot to tell you, I'm annoyed grunt boy Craig, and I have another guy. I am annoyed grunt boy Steve. Yeah. Said a lot of words there, Craig. I did say a lot of words. Maybe our uh, editor will edit down some of those words. Bullet points. Simpsons. 11 <laughs> yeah. beyond. Do when we can. <laughs> Dumb. Mike that's all you got to say. Yeah. Well, Steve, live recording here uh, yesterday was the old spookiest day of the year, October 31st. That's right. Well, there still is a pandemic out there. People went and partied and we had trick-or-treaters. Steve, how many do you have? Did you have trick-or-treaters or were you even home? Uh, I got home around 930. And at that point, we had zero trick-or-treaters. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Since I live in a suburb, suburban area. Last year, of course, zero trick-or-treaters. Of course. But this year, it was, it was you know, timid out there. But uh, we had a whole two trick-or-treaters. But it was great because we we bought full size candy bars with the knowledge of like we're really not going to get much trick or treaters because we rarely yeah. do and if there's no pandemic and so it's just the it's just an excuse for me to have lots of candy. But it's brilliant because you also have the prospect of being the cool house that gives out full candy bars. Yeah. So even if you give out two, you probably still have several for yourself. Yeah, and several were, were eaten before Halloween, of course. Yeah. I had a taste test just to make sure. For sure. I mean, I had to open them, of course, put razor blades in them. Yeah, I mean, just to be safe. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the uh, edible store. I'm going to buy $1,000 worth of edibles. I'm just going to hand that out to kids. Why wouldn't you? Because that's what and, parents are afraid of, right? Yeah, because that's what people do. <laughs> they give away their weed instead of enjoying it themselves. <sighs> that was the biggest, biggest <laughs> lie we were taught. I know. I was, well, that... I was disappointed. Like, where's my knives and weed? <laughs> yeah. All I got was a bunch of candy bars. <sighs> reasons. A tiny wow. sack of pennies. But, uh, you know, it's it's fun. You know, uh, I think it's slowly coming back. Uh, kids trick-or-treating. Yeah. So... I don't think the liberals will be taking the Halloween away. Try as they might. <sighs> so oh. what were the uh, the big costumes? I just wonder what kids are into. these. I don't wonder what kids are into these days. <laughs> or into this podcast, Steve. Um, I was wondering, you know, like when I was a kid, it was He-Man and Superman and Ninja Turtles, say. And I just wonder, like nowadays, like what is the costume that is like the cool one? Like, would it be a Miles Morales or? I think it's uh, based on all the photos I saw on the Internet. I think it's baby Ted Lasso. Yeah, a lot lot of that. I think some of the the costumes have been around or still popular. You know, I think uh, yeah, definitely Spider-Man, any Avengers. Yeah. You see, you know, Black Panthers and Captain America's and Iron Man's and you see them all. And uh, okay, so I was saying about like the Ted Lasso, the kids like the kid doesn't know who he is when he's dressed up as Ted Lasso. (laughs) He hasn't seen that show. He doesn't even appreciate Bill Lawrence at all. No. Well, I I know a lot of toddlers are a fan of Cougar Town. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) 
but no, like uh, it's a, uh, it's just, it's just a vanity thing for parents to dress up their kids as their favorite thing or the it thing. I think Squid Game was a popular one too. Yeah, the good thing about that one is it's relatively inexpensive to recreate. Right, I did. If you uh, have a green tracksuit or a PlayStation controller, you're good to go. <laughs> I was cosplaying as a um, my 600 pound life, <laughs> isn't just eating food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you just gained 100 pounds. 30. <laughs> yeah. I wash myself with a rag on a stick now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, happy of Halloween. That was a long time ago. We're heading into Christmas season, right? That's right. But uh, uh, you know what I like already. to do? Yeah. You know what I like to do around Christmas season? What's that? Get through those holidays. You got you to gotta drink a little, right? Oh, that's a good point. And, you know, one of the things that I like to drink is beer. Oh, that's a good thing to do. Which is why it's time for our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner. <laughs> You know, like we say, we like to relate the beers to our uh, episode a lot of times. Indeed. And uh, the crying game um, I got, uh, or the frying game. <laughs> I was trying to Google like a uh, caterpillar ale. I didn't, I couldn't find any. So <laughs> here's how I uh, found my uh, brew. And in the episode, spoilers coming up, there's an EPA character who's um, hiding behind a very skinny tree in the backyard of the Simpsons house. Uh-huh. And you know, what's a tree made of, Steve? Uh, wood. That's right. And what do you do? To the wood when you want to build like a house, you chop it. That's right. So the beer I found was Wood Chopper. It's a wheat beer from Little Beast Brewing. Wait, is this one you gave me a while back? I think it is, and it might be one that I reviewed at oh, some point. Shit. That's okay though. You can experience it. You probably drink so much beer that we don't remember. We're gonna, re- we're gonna re- repeat ourselves, aren't we? It's gonna happen from time to time. Well, it's from a uh, little beast brewing in Oregon here. Um, classic Belgian style wheat beer. It's got coriander, orange peel, twist of lime peel. So you've probably had this before. Yeah, and I think it's uh, one that I really wanted you to try though, because I feel like it's very much up your alley. All right. Well, we'll say that uh, we totally planned this. Absolutely. To find out what episode it probably shows in our, our Instagram or our notes, maybe. Yeah. All right. Give it a go. Oh, that's yeah. This is a great, um, I would say, end of summer beer. Yeah. Uh, right now it's it's you know, it's November in Oregon when uh, it's uh, just raining. That's all November is here. And right. Yep. Just, just, just rename Portland to uh, Guns N' Roses because it's November <laughs> rain. And I, it I, is I, kind of our own paradise city. Yeah. The, the can artwork is very fun, uh, very kid friendly because it's some lumberjacks. Uh, with you know a bunch of pictograph of like a fox and Duracell batteries, or maybe that's wood. Uh, <laughs> squirrel saws. This is all over the place. It's like someone you know. It's like what you know when you get those sticker books, mm-hmm. and the stickers are always on one page, and you're supposed to put them somewhere. It looks like the entire thing is just a sticker book, and we have to peel them off and put them where we want to. Yeah, that'd be fun. They should do that. That would be a lot. A of lot fun. of work and probably expensive to get your labels. Be like peel the sticker off, and 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 bars would love that because then people. Would just peel the sticker off and put them anywhere all over all over the all of the tables and yeah. the bar yeah. yeah it's better than uh, all the jizz and boogers that are on the tables <laughs> what bars are you going to uh well last week i said i was going to the man castle the man cave uh what was the other one it's so gross why are they putting the boogers castle. all over the t- <laughs> yeah, it's a seedy part of town steve there's lots of seeds <laughs> All right, enough about my beer. How about you? Well, I too like to create a beer, or not. I don't create <laughs> beer. I do in my heads, but not uh, to reality. I I like to choose a beer that is uh, related to the episode, and you know this episode does uh, feature that darn screamer pillar. Oh. 
And, you know, that screamer pillar, when I think about him, I think of three words, stupid, silly, and sour. That's why I chose stupid, silly, sour from uh, this Brasserie de Silly, a brewery out of Belgium, Europe. Like my wheat beer. Yeah. Uh, so I'll read you the copy. It's a little cheeky. Uh, no Belgian brewery has embraced America's love for pushing the boundaries more than Brasserie de Silly. The brewers thought it'd be funny to see the faces of a group of Americans after sampling their pure sour ale. They were shocked when the guests, guests lit up with excitement. Formerly used solely for the purpose of lending into their Saison and Silly Sour, Stupid Silly Sour has extreme green apple sour notes and subtle hints of brown sugar with biscuit malt. Where uh, most Belgian brewers would show restraint, Brasserie de Silly is depicted to give America what it wants, even if it is a little stupid. So basically, it's a, a lot of the uh, sour beers that I had over the summer. It's uh, the people of Belgium making fun of me as an American for pushing it too far. And it's just literally like an apple cider. It uh, smells, it does smell like that kind of yeasty European uh, <laughs> beer flavor. You know how it's, it's, yeah. it's got a little funk to it. And it's a yeasty European. I don't know. Ooh, oh my God. Very yeasty. Oh no, very tart. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's it's good. I could not drink more than one of these. So, is it like a? Uh, <coughs> like, it's like a. It is a silly sour. Then it is a very silly sour. It's uh like if this was a. Uh, I don't know if do you remember Atomic Warheads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that. Ugh. Yeah, imagine like the a green apple version of that. <sighs> and that's what they. I that's what I taste. Yeah, those. Wow, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's good, but it is uh, very silly and a little stupid. Yeah, I would and probably it, uh, pass on that. And the uh, packaging is fun. It shows a guy on a bike and his hands and his legs are nowhere near the pedals or the handlebars. It's not safe. In fact, it's stupid and silly. It sounds very silly. Uh, I'll stay away from that one, Steve. Already. A lot of S's on this. <laughs> stupid, uh, silly, sour. All right. Um, if that's your thing, go for it. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know what? You know what? I'm getting right now. I'm going to taste a banana bread for Ooh. aftertaste on that uh, beer. Makes me like it even more. You got banana bread. I got sour apples. <laughs> Mix or... them together and you got vomit. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> kind of what it tastes like. Vomit, <laughs> I mean. I think it's funny how sometimes when you, you always post the beer on uh, the Instagram. Always like one of the companies like just tags like, oh, that's awesome. Or, you know, whatever. But they obviously don't listen to the podcast. So it's like. <laughs> right. Or, even read, the, oh, yeah. or <laughs> even read the copy. Because sometimes I'll like say that eh, we didn't like this one so much. And they're like, like, awesome. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Bodacious. Radical. Voodoo Ranger says you're cool. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know what's cool, Steve? What's that? I guess watching the episode. Alrighty, well, to do that, we're gonna have to hop in our way back machine and go all the way back to May nineteenth, two thousand and two. Oh, what a time to be alive! Craig, what was the number one movie in the box office of that week? Uh, is everyone's favorite uh, film called Star Wars Episode I I Oh, two, two. It's Roman numerals. Um, Attack of the Clones. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Is that what? What is that? Uh of the clones hmm. oh oh you know what steve i forgot uh, you know this is a uh, of course this is a simpsons podcast and the one thing that we always have to do on the simpsons podcast is uh rank the star wars movie steve that's oh. right uh, you can include mandalorian uh rebels uh clone wars uh the holiday special and solo okay. and uh, uh uh rogue one here's how i rank them yeah that's how you rank them star wars episode one right and star wars episode two sure number two star wars episode three right that's uh revenge of the sith yep then we go star wars 
Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Right, right. That's the original original. Then we go Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Then we go. That was um, that after Star Wars. Yeah, and then I'm gonna go Return of the Jedi. That was the one with the teddy bears. Yes. Okay, cool. And then next, this is where it gets a little confusing for me. Right. Um, probably say The Force Awakens. Right. Yeah, that was the one with uh, Indiana Jones. Right. Yeah. And, and he dies then- in it. He dies. Spoilies. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy from uh, Marriage Story kills him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's all like, take that, Lena Dunham. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm very frightening, but somehow seemed cool. What is my appeal? <laughs> it was uh, what's after uh, the, that one? Um, is then it, I guess it would be Star Wars, um, The Sad Robot Chronicles. Um, yeah. That one, yeah. Uh, that one had uh, Tifu Buju as yeah, a character. Alan, Alan Tudix. Uh, Alan Tudix, yeah. Um, and then we had next in the ranking, um, we got Star Wars, uh, coloring book. Yeah. Coloring book. Yeah. Um, and then we got, oh, I forgot the, uh, Ewoks. Yeah. Battle for Endor. Oh, those are good ones. You forgot yeah. Last Jedi and, oh, yeah. uh, the Rise of Skywalker. See, I thought the Last Jedi was going to be about the West Wing because I thought it was like, I'm the Last Jedi. And it was going to be about Jed Bartlett. Oh, that would have been sad. It would have been his death because of the last of him. Yeah, I know. But can you imagine him putting on his jacket and lighting a uh, lightsaber? <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be awesome. All right. Was that it? I think so. You have Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Here's my list. Uh, a bit controversial. Okay. It goes Star Wars, the holiday special after that, Empire Strikes Back, uh, The Return of the Jedi, the two Ewoks movies, uh-huh. then... The first one with the Phantom Menace, then Attack of the Clones, then Revenge of the Sith, then the Clone Wars cartoon series. Ah. Yeah. Then the Star Wars Rebels series, then Force Awakens. Okay. Then Rogue One, then Last Jedi, then Solo, then uh, the Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. then uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. And, um, uh, I think that's it. And then we have the uh, short with Maggie Simpson. Right. Right. Yeah. So that that's the order I think it came out in. I think you're correct. Yeah, you got it. All right. Ten points for you. I'm probably missing something else. Forgot well, the, lot- the, the the droids and Ewoks cartoons from the '80s. Yeah, there's a lot of books and comic books. Okay, let me start again. Okay, so <laughs> Star Wars: A New Hope, and then it's the Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is a book. Then it's no, the holiday wait. special. Do you count the action figures in the ranking? Right, right. We should probably do that too. Yeah. And like the local commercials that were on TV at the time. I believe uh, the first one was probably, you know, like in Los Angeles. Yeah. But, uh, well, we're, this, this bit's over. And we're just stealing it from another podcast. So <laughs> that's all we do. All right, Steve. Well, uh, we were episoding Attacking the Clones. Uh, what song were we uh, bobbing to? Well, the number one song in the Billboard Hot 100 was Foolish by Ashanti. See my days are cold without you, but I'm hurting while I'm here. I know my heart can't take no more, I keep on running back to you. Have we done that? I feel like we've done that song before. I think so, yeah. All right, uh, Ashanti, R.I.P. Uh, still alive, but yes. Who am I thinking of? Aaliyah. Oh, did this happen before? I think so. It might have been me that time, though. All right, Steve. Um, 
let's just uh, go and foolishly watch this episode. All righty. So today we're watching The Frying Game, the uh, 21st episode of the 13th season, in which Homer gets into trouble with the Environmental Protection Agency and is sentenced to community service. He and Marge end up working for Myrna Bellamy, an elderly socialite, and find themselves accused of another crime, Myrna Bellamy's murder. Oh, man, you spoiled it for us. No, I didn't. I didn't tell them about Carmen Electra. <gasps> oh, crap. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Baby, I don't know why you're treating me so bad. And we're back. Today we're talking about The Frying Game, the 21st episode of the 13th season. It originally aired on May 19th, 2002. It is episode 290 in the show's run. Your nerd code is DABF16. It was written by John Schwartzwelder, directed by Michael Polcino, and your showrunner is Al Jean. John Schwartzwelder. What can we say about good old happy go lucky John <laughs> Schwartzwelder? Hmm. I feel like we've probably done about three hours on him. Yeah. Of all the podcasts that how many have actually reviewed of, of his? Just a small handful, like I think. Simpsons Safari, Kill the Alligator and Run. Uh, I think that's it, right? Uh, yeah. We never did the Regina monologue. Did we do the Regina monologues? I don't th- wait. Maybe we did. Mr. Burns withdraws a thousand dollar bill from ATM. Yeah, we did that one. Yeah. Okay. So like three. Yeah, I think so. That's right. Because but- Tony Blair that. Yeah, that was the whole like, uh, you know, Ian McKellen. And oh, right, 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 right. Like, right. Yeah, we did that one like probably like three months ago, Steve. I think so. Yeah. Or three years ago, depending <laughs> on when you listen to those podcasts. I feel like in the last episode we did of Schwartzwelders, we I think we went pretty deep into Schwartzwelder territory because I think at that time too, like an article that he had been interviewed, like had just dropped. Oh right, that's right. He's not as crazy as we thought he was. <laughs> and so, he wrote yeah. the lyrics for Spider Pig. Hey, there we go. Well, you know, he helped. Yeah. He was like, I think there should be a spider there. <laughs> No, no, he was, they were coming up with the lyrics and he was just sitting there like dozing off. And then he's awoken by a, a creepy crawly on his arm. He's like, ah, there's a spider. <laughs> and then uh, he was eating a ham sandwich. He's like, mm, pig. Yeah. Like, we like it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we should, uh, you guys should uh, come up with something that's like spider pig, but just better. And then he leaves the room and they're just like, yeah. spider pig. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh. We love a Schwartz welder. Hey, this this uh, movie is based on an episode of The Frying Game called The Crying Game. Yes. And there let's, are other. Uh... Let's try that again. Sure. It's on the 1992 movie, The Crying Game, which um, all I know about it is I think it's a guy who falls in love with who he thinks is a girl. That's not a girl because we get to see penis and balls. It's true. Or wing or testicles, whatever you want to call them. Right. Uh-huh. Manatomy. Rod and real. Rod and Todd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call um, my genitals. It's Rod, there's Rod Todd. Todd, and Flant, and uh, Ned. Yeah, I'll let you figure out who's what. And then because you call Mod's it the Mod. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought because it's it's white like a ghost. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, there are other shows that have similar titles. Uh, there was an episode of Blues Clues that was called <laughs> The Trying Game. Jesus. And then there was one of Full House called The Prying Game. <laughs> the fact that like Blue's Clues, like, <laughs> oh, it's is a parody of the, the title of The Crying Game, but The, try, the Trying Game. Blue's got <laughs> was, a surprise for you. Like, yeah, Blue, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that's for nobody. Like, nobody's old enough to know 
both the crying game and juvenile enough to watch hours and hours of blues clues. Yeah. <laughs> when they have no children and no reason to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you were, I don't know, had to be in high school and, you know, smoking weed to enjoy blues clues. Well, yeah. I mean, who, that who would, would do be that? one weird scenario. That's who would one, do that? Yeah. Who would do that indeed? Remember that uh, time during the pandemic uh, when Steve from Blue's Clues just made like a video and it was all like, it wasn't him, it was Nick Jr. Because he was like, I haven't forgot you guys. And then later on, cried about it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, then he went to that uh, church a few weeks later and just opened fired. <laughs> I might have been watching Kingsman, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I got my confused yeah sometimes you sit on the remote and it changes channels that you notice. Oh, oh i thought that was that wasn't steve no but you're steve i know are you blues clues i might be i mean i i quit tv too because i was going bald and <laughs> yeah, I an indie band. <laughs> uh, but you know that was the thing about that video when he released it's like oh, i've been 25 years since blues clues and he's all like uh hey now you're all you have all your families and trying to pay student debt that sucks and you're like oh shit that show's old I'm yeah old. i know and I wasn't a kid when that show was on the air. Right. It's it's weird because it's like he's doing this, but like wasn't the show on like six months ago? And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was actually 25 years ago because, yeah, time is weird and evil. But that show's like returned, right? Like there's like a twice new... over. Yeah, there's been okay. Joe. And then eh, I don't remember the name of the third host, but uh, yeah. And now I think it's like Aisha Tyler. Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, sorry. Change the channel again. <laughs> Used to be Drew was, Carey. I was wondering why Ryan Stiles was on. <laughs> Uh, so this episode was originally going to be... Of whose season- line is it anyway? Exactly. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, Simpsons. Oh, I always like call him Mockery. Oh, Wait, yeah, yeah. no, not call... The, the, the UK, what was the... Cli- Clive Baker? Clive Owens? Who was the... Host? Oh, yeah. Uh, he didn't insert himself like an Aisha Tyler or a Drew Carey. Yeah, there was Michael McDonald and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was the- like, what did you think? That Michael McDonald? Yeah. Yeah. No, wait, or was it Michael Jackson? <laughs> there was a guy who had a name of somebody oh, who was... Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm a Disney mascot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know who you're talking about... Uh... A, a larger gentleman, Kevin Richardson. There it is, Kevin McDonald, Karen McDonald, ah! <laughs> Kevin Spacey. It was Kevin Spacey. There we go, improv master himself. <laughs> okay, um, some trivia about The Simpsons. Oh, finally, um, this episode, the, the uh, crying game, was gonna be the season 13 finale, but Fox wanted Papa's Got a Brand New Badge to be a quote unquote bonus episode, so this was the penultimate episode of the season based on uh, Papa's Got a Brand New Badge which I haven't watched in years. I think, I feel like I don't remember that episode. <laughs> I don't remember it. I was going to say, this feels more like a season finale type of episode, but yeah, but uh, we're not here to talk about the finale of this. Not yet. Uh, all right. So uh, back to normal Simpsons talk, Steve. It's just, um, it starts out uh, no, uh, you know, we're in the, the, the four, three, uh, format the mm-hmm. preferred Zack Snyder format, the Snyder cut as we call it. Um, so no, uh, no uh, chalkboard. No. Yeah, it just goes straight to the couch. And I think we've seen this one before because it's uh black and white with Homer dressed as uh, it's either Hitler or Charlie Chaplin. Steve, you can't be sure. Yeah, uh, we'll go with Hitler. He twirls uh, the Hitler cane as they call it, and what goes is a uh, Chaplin mustache. So he's playing Hitler, playing Chaplin. Right. Okay. Kind of a uh, reverse modern times. Right. Or the great dictator, rather. Yeah. <laughs> 
And oddly enough, this wasn't Dan Castellano doing Homer. It was a uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Homer. Huh, Robert Downey Jr. dressed as Homer, dressed as Hitler, dressed as Charlie Chaplin. Wow. Yeah. It's like a Maristrika doll of uh, character acting. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Russian doll. Exactly. Also, it's Natasha Leone was played by Marge. <laughs> or Marge was playing. Yeah. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Not a bad casting choice. Oh man, Natasha Leone, if they did a live action Simpsons, I'm down for that. Huh? Yeah. Think about that. Huh. Um, so our episode begins, as it always does, at Moe's Tavern. As the duff flows like wine, so does too the thoughts of one Lenny Leonard and one Carl Carlson. If you ask me, Muhammad Ali in his prime was much better than anti-lock breaks. Yeah, but what about Johnny Mathis versus Diet Pepsi? Oh, I cannot listen to this again. Guys, I just ordered my wife the greatest anniversary present, a koi pond. A koi pond? Yeah, a meditative lily pond with big, beautiful fish that fry up really good. Oh, that's the perfect gift. Yeah, you don't even have to feed the fish because squirrels drown in it. You got this husband thing down, Homer. Yeah, you must be some kind of marriage super genius. How about a few tips? Certainly, Lenford. Make every day a celebration of your love. Surprise her with a pasta salad. Put a mini beret on your wing. Oh, this stuff is gold. Happy marriage, here I come. Hmm, this'll really help with my speed dating. I got 400 no's. All right, where to begin, Steve? The beginning? I think that's a good place to start. Bar- Bartok? Yeah. What do we have there? Uh, We've got uh, Muhammad Ali versus Anti-Luck Breaks. Um, I think uh, Muhammad Ali would win. Yeah, I think so. But uh, if we're talking about Johnny Mathis versus Diet Pepsi, I know you're a Diet Pepsi guy. Johnny Mathis is very talented. I'll give I, it to Johnny. Jeez. I think it's an upset with macaroni and cheese. Just absurd, like the parody of, of just drunk bar talk. And that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Which I is mean, what this podcast is. Right. Where we conceived it was like, Probably at a bar, and we're like, let's just, uh, you know, this is what we do at a bar. You know, let's talk about the Simpsons episode. Exactly. <laughs> I always thought we should just have like generic bar background noises in this podcast, mm-hmm. but I think that would just annoy everyone. Yeah, it would be a lot of work for us. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. Like, we'd probably come up with an idea where like there's an ongoing narrative behind us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where like there's a couple fighting, and then eventually <laughs> we they get engaged. <laughs> It's like those uh, episodes of like that episode of uh, uh, Community. Was it just one episode or was it like multiple? Like, like what's his name? Uh, Danny Pudi's character. I forgot his name already. Was giving birth like in the episode, like was oh, helping yeah. a woman like give birth, or birth a baby. Something like that. Right. Yeah. No, no we're not doing that. Um, okay. Uh, so what else there in that clip? Um, um, koi ponds. You had a koi pond. Right? Yeah, I got a koi pond. Um, a squirrel has not drowned in it. Ah. The fish are about 20 years old. Um, Do they fry up real nice? I don't know. I only had one death. Okay. And buried it, uh, but didn't eat it. It seemed uh, it was already rotting, I guess. So. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. It was a sushi um, grade. <laughs> so Homer's tips for a successful marriage. Oh, right. That. Yeah. Make every day a celebration of your love. That's a good one. That's a good one. Surprise her with the pasta salad. Mm. Now, I think that if you make the right pasta salad, that can be good. (laughs) I'm just not a big pasta salad guy. I wasn't 
before I found the ones that I liked. You just got to find the right things to put in it. I think the only one I liked was um, a shrimp pasta salad that I used to Ooh. make. And that, that was about it. Nice. Like, uh, I don't like a potato salad. Yeah. It's weird, right? I love potatoes, but I'm just not no, a fan of potato salad. I made a sour cream and onion potato salad that was really good, but it was uh, not your not your uh, traditional potato salad. So it was, but yeah, like a normal one I don't care for. Um, I've also made an elote corn pasta salad. So a little bit of, little bit of brightness and a little bit of heat. That was good. I think there are good pasta salads out there, just few and far between. All right. Enough pasta salad talk. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, put a mini beret on your way. Right now? Sure. Done. Ooh la la. We're going to be opening an Etsy store called a Wang Beret. So uh, look <laughs> look for that coming soon. Nice. It'll be all shapes and colors. You know, do you need like a little string to put it around? Probably, probably to hold it. We'll have to like make a little string. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have like, a, you know, like the, the chaplain glasses with the, the nose and mustache. We'll have a beret that'll have like a fake mustache for your Wang. Nice. I, don't I know like why. that. Like, you know, like the, uh, a stereotypical Frenchman that with the pencil thin mustache and the beret. Right. And a little uh, stripy a little shirt. C- yeah. And a little cigarette hanging out of your uh, <laughs> urethra. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And we'll have uh, penis cages shaped like the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> penis cages. That was a <laughs> Nick's original name. Damn it, I was going to make a Nick Cage joke. All right. <laughs> um, my three secrets to a successful marriage are not uh, so interesting, but uh, separate bank accounts, separate friends, separate blankets. That's all you need. Separate rooms. Yeah. Separate houses. Separate partners. <laughs> yeah. Perfect marriage. Yeah. My three stars are reading about marriage, writing about marriage, and renewing your marriage. There you go. And TV guides. <laughs> Good old TV guides. They're big now. <laughs> so at 742 Evergreen Terrace, Homer has blindfolded Marge for a big surprise. He uh, leads her to the backyard and, much like Mike Mitchell's mother, demands no peeking. One of uh, Marge's eyeballs uh, stoops above the blindfold, but uh, Homer pushes it down with a finger with a satisfying and gross uh, squishy sound. And then finally, the big reveal. A beautiful koi pond with bonsai trees, lotus flowers, a water wheel, and even a little temple. Marge thanks her sweet, wonderful man-child for giving her a peaceful place to sit and hear her own thoughts. She then has a thought, wondering to herself, how much money did he piss away on this? That was a horrible voice, and I lost it like halfway through. <laughs> how much money did he piss away on this? <laughs> that, that was a great... Uh, you never really heard uh, you know, Marge's inner thoughts. or Yeah. <laughs> just like... The fact that she, you know, is always like so sweet and like thankful in, you know, everything Homer ever does. And this Mm -hmm. is like the one, like the few like thoughtful things where he didn't fuck it up. Right. Like he was doing it all right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everything was set up fine. There was, we didn't have an episode, you know, where he was, you know, breaking it and screwing up. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) it is a thoughtful gift. (laughs) Just hearing Marge. Yeah. And to hear say piss away. It's yeah. Seems naughty. (laughs) It was a good, uh. You know, she was just like uh, probably critics at the time of, about The Simpsons. Yeah. So great scene. So uh, later that afternoon, we see Marge and Lisa sitting around the koi pond there doing some uh, meditation. You know, Lisa likes this koi pond too, right? Yeah. It's fun for the whole family. But they're a tranquil bliss there, Steve. It's interrupted by a high-pitched, piercing a loud scream. No, not my scream, Steve. <laughs> it's Marge and Lisa. They turn to check it out there and looks and uh, Homer runs from the house to find the source of the uh, scream. And it's... um. It turns out it's like this red caterpillar that that's a crying like a crying game. So Homer figures that the poor creature is in pain. So he just uh, he takes a visit to the uh, kindly old doctor, Dr. Foot. <laughs> uh, but before you can stop on the uh, insect there, we get uh, an appearance from out of the tree. Oh, hold it right there, Dr. Foot. 
You're about to kill an endangered species, the Screamapillar, <coughs> which has chosen your yard as its home. Fine. I won't kill it. Finish the job. <sighs> Mr. Simpson, allowing an endangered species to die is a federal offense under the Reversal of Freedoms Act of 1994. You are now legally responsible for the safety and well-being of this Screamapillar. <coughs> Everything you need to know is in this pamphlet. Screamapillar care tips. Wow, look at all this stuff. Without constant reassurance, it will die. It's sexually attracted to fire. Are you sure God doesn't want it to be dead? Hey, what's God gonna do? Make my wife leave me again? <laughs> the EPA guy is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Epa. Epa. I love the fact that he's classic, like, cartoon cartoon joke with, like, this the skinny tree, then all of a sudden, like, a person is behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pops out. <laughs> and then Homer, you know, making the joke and calling him Dr. Foot, and then him calling him, hold there, Dr. Foot. <laughs> <laughs> I know this predates the uh, Simpsons movie by a couple years, but I almost wish this guy oh, that been was fun. played by uh, Albert Einstein, a.k.a. Uh, Albert Brooks. Right. And then, like, this could have been, you know, because it's Epo, right? Like, it could have been him in the movie. Oh, oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought, that was, I thought he was pretty fun. But, and at the end, too, his line, <laughs> was God going to do bring my wife back? <laughs> I like that he's, like, working extra hard at e- at the at EPA yeah. to uh, forget his wife. So some trivia for you. Uh, the Screamer Pillar was, according to Al Jean, completely a Schwarzwelder concept. John Fulfolder just found the idea of the Screamer Pillar so hilarious. And I remember when this show, for, or when this episode first premiered, I hated the Screamer Pillar because it's so annoying. I, mean, I think it's supposed to be. Right. And But my dumb kid is like, this This thing is a kid. I was like 22. Yeah. This the, this bug is annoying the Simpsons, so I don't like it. Right. <laughs> because they're, he's annoying my friends, the Simpsons. <laughs> Um, but when I think about John Schultzer being pleased by how annoying something is, I, I think that's very funny, even if it's like to the detriment of the episode in a way, because he just thought that the idea was so funny. So the bug is voiced by Dan because this, the screaming pillar only screams uh, he would record it at the last of the day because it would burn out his voice because the screaming was so bad. I mean, it does sound like more of a heightened Homer scream. It does. Yeah. Dan, but yeah. Pretty, it was pretty, pretty, pretty annoying. Yeah. I also thought the scene was funny when uh, Homer was not, I mean, he's not allowed to kill it. And he tells Lisa to finish the job as if Lisa's going <laughs> to kill it. Right. Of all the people too. Right. Lisa. Um, the Reversal of Freedom Act of 1994 is kind of a reference to the Endangered Species Act, which was very pop- very controversial in the 90s about like, you know, Spotted Owl and all that, that uh, landowners have to take care of any endangered animals that take up residence in their land. And this is the type of thing that John Schwarzwelder would be against in his uh, conservative leanings. So, yeah, this is uh, speaks to his politics as well. Yeah. Yeah. Politics. That's something politics. we don't talk about. Not a political podcast. All right, so back on the old Simpsons uh, universe of the Simpsons, uh, day turns to night and Marge is awakened by the baby monitor because they have set up next to the uh, screw pillar. Uh, Homer stays in bed, not wanting to share his uh, sleeping space with the uh, the bug there. Marge uh, sleepily uh, feeds the uh, in- insect with an eyedropper and then she burps it only to have what happens when you burp a baby and that is a uh, barf <laughs> all over your body. Ugh, gross. 
Your body of shame. Your body is a wonderland. Uh, the screamer, uh, screamer pillar, then rides a lily pad with a pained expression on his face, kind of look like Millhouse. <laughs> um, when Sandal's little helper uh, picks him up and is, and shakes it like crazy, like dogs do. Uh, Bart demands that his dog uh, put down the screamer pillar and then offers uh, Sandal's little helper some white cat. <laughs> To put it in his mouth. Off screen, scratch yeah. it. <laughs> it's, just like, it's, it's funny because I don't know uh, whose white cat that is. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it's not uh, Snowball, but <laughs> just some neighbor's cat is getting mauled to death by this dog. <laughs> it's just the reaction on the cat's face is hilarious. It's like, yeah. wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you pause it just right, Santa's little helper is giving like evil eyes to the cat, too. When, he, when when the cat's <laughs> in his mouth and Bart has a satisfied smile. <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're not that cat. cat. Poor kitty. Um, and the cat looks so horrified. So uh, Homer attempts to uh, put the screaming pillar to sleep by reading it a uh, bedtime story. He begins to tell, tell the tale of three bears, but he skips to the end. Uh, displeases the screaming pillar, who cries yet again. Homer goes to reopen the book, but in doing so, he accidentally crushes the bug. He uh, wonders what he should do, and then suddenly a uh, Homer devil appears on his shoulder, instructing him to bury the bug quickly before anyone finds out. Just then, Homer Angel appears on the uh, right side there to threaten and threatening to tell devil homer and homer homer um the devil homer uh, flings his trident into the chest of angel homer killing him instantly and the devil tells um devil homer tells homer homer that they are now uh complicit and they share a high five <laughs> and homer digs a shell hole and buries the uh, screamer pillar into the ground uh then the makeshift funeral is cut short by the sound of an approaching helicopter stop what you're doing I hear any screaming. Uh, he's sleeping. Then why don't I hear any sleep screams? Well, uh, the thing about that is, uh... <gasps> Woohoo! He's alive! <laughs> no, you can't punish me. Homer Simpson, for attempted insecticide and aggravated buggery, I sentence you to 200 hours of community service. Next case, Duffman versus Duff Brewing Corporation. Duffman's pension has been mismanaged. Oh, yeah! Mm. Objection! That party-hardy attitude is a registered trademark of the Duff Corporation. Whatever happened to fair use? Mm. So, uh, Duffman's his own lawyer. What do you want me to say about that, Steve? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that he's defending himself. I mean, I guess there's only one other lawyer in town. But... Uh, Lionel Hutz? Yeah. I well, think he, 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 he yeah. retired. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so Homer is uh, convicted of buggery, which uh, is meant to sound like a crime against insects, like insecticide. But it's actually a British term for uh, male homosexual intercourse, which in Britain was a crime at the time and in some states still because it's stupid. So buggery. I feel like that was uh, probably Schwarzwater. Like, haha, I got a clever <laughs> joke in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, 200 hours of... Uh... Community service, Steve. Mm. That's what Homer's got to do, right? That's right. So he's going to do some of those hours by delivering meals on wheels to elderly folks in Springfield. First stop there, he's got a old Jewish man. And uh, the old Jewish man there notices that uh, usually it comes with cobbler, but uh, it doesn't have cobbler. So Homer claims that the, you know, the cobbler is discontinued. But uh, old Jewish man, uh, he makes an observ- observation that uh, Homer smells like cobbler. 
But before they can get into a conversation about who smells like what, uh, Homer's off to his uh, next stop. Before the best. We don't want to know what he smells like, the old man. Uh, so Homer arrives at a large and spooky house. Mist obscures his, ver- his vision as owls are heard hooting off in the distance. He rings the doorbell and an elderly voice invites him to come in. Homer carefully walks through the house, passing by several portraits of people long gone. He sets the meal down and goes to make an exit. And he's stopped by an old woman holding an axe. She says she can't let Homer leave now, so he runs in the other direction, hiding in a dark closet. He lights a match to uh, check out his surroundings and lets out a loud scream at the sight of a skeleton. Unfortunately for Homer, he has a few more matches. Oh, that's better. (laughs) Oh, thank God I'm out of matches. Oh no, here's another one. Please don't kill me. I won't tell anyone about the skeleton, and I could bring you more victims. Like Lenny. He'd go great with wild rice. Oh, don't be such a nervous purvis. That's not a real skeleton. It's a Halloween costume. But what about the axe? Oh, don't be silly. I just use that to chop through those tough Meals on Wheels steaks. Ah... Oh, I couldn't possibly eat all this. Please join me. Eh, you're the shut-in. So, I threw the Super Bowl so hard it hit the ceiling twice, then broke a lamp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Homer, I feel like I'm talking to Bennett Cerf. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of compliments about my talking. Oh, wow. Where to begin? Uh, since uh, we all got Bennett Surf on our mind, Steve. Uh, yeah, I-, I know who he is, but uh, uh, for the know? listeners, uh, but they know, the, too. Yeah, I think you should find out for yourself. Well, I did some research okay. in uh, my book, <laughs> The Famous People. Um, that's what it's called. It's published by Random House. Bennett Alfred Cerf uh, was born in uh, May 25th, 1898 and died in 1971. He was Thank an American God. publisher uh, and co-founder of the American publishing firm Random House. Like you said. Yeah. So in your book. Exactly. Famous people. That you didn't make up. But it's exactly. Real. It's a real book published by Bennett Alfred Cerf <laughs> before he died in 1971 called Famous People. Yeah. Uh, only available at Walden Books. So pick it up there. Yep, only in hardback. <laughs> Not on Kindle. No, never. There's some of the funny lines there, Homer, real quick. Uh, when she says that uh, Miss Bellamy at the end, when she's, you know, it says you talk like uh, Bennett, Bennett Surf. Mm-hmm. And the fact the joke line was coming, like, was going to be a joke on Surf. But the fact that Homer's like, yeah, people <laughs> complimented me about my talking. Like, I did not see that joke coming. No, it, it's completely out of nowhere. And it's very funny because just to get complimented for the ability to speak is kind of funny. <laughs> no one's ever complimented us for that. <laughs> no. There's like a plot here, like, almost like it's not knowing where this would go. Like, is Mrs. Bellamy coming on to Homer? Yeah, there's a moment here pretty soon that uh, that I have that same thought, too. <laughs> but I also like how he's telling his stories as if, you know, he's a 10 year old boy. Right. Telling his grandma of all the cool things he could do. Right. About a super ball. Yeah. Hit the ceiling twice. And yeah. There, there's yeah one coming up after this, but yeah. Fun stuff. Oh, Mrs. Bellamy. She, she sounds familiar. Yeah. She's uh, played by a uh, character actor, uh, Francis Sternhagen, um, who's had a number of roles, but probably I know her best uh, as playing the mother of Cliff Clavin on the American non-animated sitcom Cheers. Yeah. Big character actor. I mean, I, besides that, uh, she was on, uh, 
Sex in the City. That was a popular show. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. She played uh, Dale or, yeah, Dale Cooper's mom. Bunny. Um, she was on The Closer. I never watched that. You know, did a couple episodes of that. Uh, Steve, you should know this. She was in The Dolphin Tale. Huh. You have the DVD. Oh, yeah. How about this? She was in one episode of Becker. Ooh. You think she made a joke to Becker about like, I have a pathetic uh, son of a mailman. Yeah. And then Becker was all like, uh, I've heard about those people. <laughs> I never watched Becker. I watched a few episodes. It was it was fine. As Steve likes to call it, Post Malone. Exactly. I still <laughs> love that joke. I don't care. It's it. I, I care so much about the joke. I just <laughs> I don't need credit for it. It's just so good. Um, I'll have you know, Francis Sterningham, because you think uh, she, you know, was probably old on Cheers. You know, that was that was a show from forty years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, she's still with us. Ah, live and well. I mean, I don't know if she's well, but she's still alive. That's good. That's something. She's a ninety-one years old. Nice. Didn't someone ninety-one just die? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that were 91 just died. Yeah. <laughs> by the time this episode airs, several dozen uh, 91 year olds. Yeah, by by this time, by our record date, Francis is Sterningham. Sterningham is uh, still alive. So I, I, I was curious. I'm like, so she's born in 1930. Uh, how old is Cliff? So she's only 17 years older than John Ratzenberg. And then hmm. thinking about it, I think that time frame is probably perfect for her to actually give birth to Cliff. Yeah. I bet she was like in universe, like would have been like, I feel like she would have been like 17 years old because mm-hmm. we don't know what happened to Cliff's dad. Right. Right. And he always seemed like a single parent situation. Yeah. So yeah, Cliff, I, I totally see that. She probably had to get, you know, she was probably like trying to get her GED. Mm-hmm. Had did they even have that program? I don't know. Would it might have, yeah. In the yeah, because it would have been 1947 that he was born. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, that tracks. Maybe he heard his dad probably was like he probably died in World War Two. Yeah, maybe he knocked her up. Wait, and no, then, World uh, War Two is way down by 47. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it would have knocked up in 46. Maybe he was like a GI. I mean, it doesn't matter if he, you know, sir. Maybe they were He's together hurt. for three years and then he went to a Korean War. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll dock that as a cannon. Cheers, cannon. Boom, boom. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to the Simpsons and not cheers. All righty. So uh, before Homer heads out, uh, Mrs. Bellamy asks him to open a jar of butter pickles. Homer happily obliges, first struggling to open the jar with his bare hands. He then uses the bottom of his shirt for better grip and ends up ripping his shirt clean off. And while this would be a great intro to a pornographic <laughs> film... Uh, Mr. Mrs. Bellamy, she has some other things on her mind. Oh, my. You're as strong as you are handsome. And I can ride my bike real fast. Aren't you a wonder? Can I call you the next time I need a muscular He-Man? Hey, I'm not running an employment service, you old... Oh, you mean me. I'd be delighted. Yeah, it's a very the, short clip, but it's very funny. The uh, <laughs> I get my ride my bike real fast too. It's such a kid thing to say. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I really like that can. joke too. Uh, I mean, it's not a joke here, but like that phrasing. You're as what was it? You're as smart as you are strong. Yeah, I like to say that to people, or strong as you are handsome. I like to say <laughs> that to, to people derisively, like, "Hey, you look as good as you are smart," and uh, <laughs> an insult. Because they're ugly and stupid, but because they're so stupid, they don't get it. Huh? Yeah, like you, Craig. You're you're as handsome as you are smart. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, back at the old uh, nuclear power plant, um, the next day, Homer's at his workstation. Good old Sector Seven G. When he receives a phone call, and guess who it is? Steve. Santa Claus. Yes. Or <laughs> Mrs. Bellamy. No. Um, she's asking Homer to uh, mow her lawn. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
but literally like mow her lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not shave her uh, pubic region. <laughs> um, so Homer is happy to help. <laughs> so he sets down his uh, half eaten donut. Wow, you won't even finish the donut, Steve. Wow. Yeah. And so he walks out of his office there and on his way, oh, he runs into his boss, Mr. Burns. Oh, no. And in uh, a funny joke, he, uh, he asked Mr. Burns to cover for him, you know, as Homer would be to do because he's dumb. Mm-hmm. Monty is looking there a little confused, but uh, <laughs> out of character, he uh, I have a theory about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it's just a joke, but uh, he takes a seat and then takes a bite of Homer's donut and then kicks up his feet. And then Carl walks by <laughs> and Carl freaks out. So they both scream feeling like uh, probably fearing that they're both uh, each in tr- trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And then as Carl runs off, Mr. Burns pretends to start working, pressing some buttons at the workspace, and then once Carl's out of sight, uh, uh, Monty relaxes there again, and then Lenny walks by, same joke where they scream. My theory is that, uh, you know, all the meds that Burns is on, by the way, mm-hmm. I, I thought that scene was hilarious. It um, was, yeah. But my theory is that uh, Burns, you know, all the medication he he's on, I'm in-universe simsplaining right. that, um, that he's just lucid and doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> like he, Mr. Burns doesn't know who he is. Right. Essentially. So that's my theory on that joke. Or uh, it, it, if this was in real life, Steve. Yeah. I think it's a, a valid uh, concept and idea. And Although maybe I didn't say simsplaining is probably a problematic word now. Well, it's us explaining sim- the Simpsons. We're simsplaining. Yeah. Uh, but simp is a term that the kids use nowadays. Nowadays, well, I guess that's not so bad. A simp is somebody who does way too much for a person they like. All right. Yeah, we're 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 Sims. Sim Simps yeah. podcast. That's right. Because we are on Simps. On on <laughs> on Simps on Simps. He's the new uh, reindeer. <laughs> Rude Hoser is getting too popular and too expensive for the old jolly man to uh, hire. That's right. <sighs> so uh, Homer arrives home from work, dead tired, when the kitchen phone rings. Mrs. Bellamy needs yet another chore done by Homer. Marge is fed up, and that woman is taking advantage of her husband when Marge needs things for him to do right there at home. The oven light is out. And Homer never finished uh, filling the aquarium. And then we cut to see the uh, fish tank with a running hose in it, uh, water pouring out of the tank. A fish uses its fins to grip the side of the glass tank as a scuba figurine flows out. And honestly, how many fish displays does Marge need? First, she's got the koi pond. And now this. Does she have that weird uh, trimacleur fish fetish? It's got a lot of fish hanging around the house, is what I'm saying. You know, we'll occasionally see a fish tank on the Simpsons if it needs to be for the story, like, you know, like the Bobo mm-hmm. episode. But like, right. we never see the koi pond again. No. Ever. Yeah, maybe she has a fish fetish. Maybe. Fish fetish. Fish fetish. Hey, Homer tells Marge that he can't say no to an old lady because they put, put spells on you, Steve. Eey. Yeah. Uh, angered by this, Marge puts matters into her own hand. So she heads to Mrs. Bellamy's to uh, uh, talk to her in person. And Marge finds Miss Bellamy uh, maybe uh, trickier than she thought. And later that night, Homer and Marge play butler and maid to Mrs. Bellamy's Mahjong night. Oh. Homer's family needs him too. And that's that. Oh, Marge, you're such a good woman to care so much about your husband. All I have left of my Chester is his tattered old army jacket. Well, let me sew that up for you. Make sure you double stitch. Then do these socks. Darn her socks? I say darn her. I'll do them and then I'm out of here. Did you hear that Gertie had a terrible fall outside the thrift store? 
She would fall there. <laughs> hey, who do I have to gum to get a refill? <laughs> Fishing your drinks, ladies? Lexative? Yeah. Uh, Mother, may I read a magazine while I wait in the car? Don't you read enough at school, bookworm? <laughs> when uh, Agnes, the uh, Lamb of God there, says uh, gumming, isn't that a term for uh, giving a blowjob? Yeah. Agnes is going to give someone head for... For a refill of a drink. Yeah. And it turns out to be Marge. Because <laughs> Marge is the one refilling the drink, so... Yeah. I'm sure if you look online, you can find footage of... <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Agnes, Lamb of God. Like, it's with... Because the, they have no teeth. Right. Let's you take out your dentures and then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Kids, don't look that up. <laughs> Just trust Steve and his Google. Yeah. Not like my own experience. <laughs> Just my research from the show. Yeah. I'm like I go to nursing, home, nursing homes on Friday nights to, with a bottle of champagne. Oh, Steve, you're everything a girl could want. What's your secret? Um, when Marge is like, darn her sucks. Or like, darn her. <laughs> For Marge, that's a very, very good line. And Marge has some fun lines so far. Yeah. And uh, oh, don't forget uh, Agnes to at the end, too. Of, like, what did you read enough at school, Bookworm? <laughs> I just love how she's a bully to her own son. Well, not to really the, her own son, but that's true. But also to the point where he is uh, afraid to read a magazine in the car for fear that she'll find out. So good. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun. This is a yeah. fun episode. It's a silly yeah. one. Uh, so Myrna Bellamy, Bellamy, Agnes Lamb of God Skinner, good old Alice Glick. And that judgy Mrs. Uh, Vanderbilt laugh into the night as their party continues. And then once the uh, festivities are over, Marge and Homer are left to clean up. Marge polishing a candlestick and uh, Homer gathering the soiled doilies. Uh, Marge complains to Homer that Myrna is taking advantage of them and that she's tired of doing uh, her dirty work. Just then, a scream is heard. There's been a lot of screaming in this episode. <laughs> Lenny and Carl and Mr. Burns scream a pillar. Now Mrs. Bellamy. It's Mrs. Bellamy. Hey, uh, you mentioned uh, polishing the candlestick. Isn't that also a euphemism <laughs> for something? Yeah. And then how about she's tired of doing her own dirty work? Who is she? Steely Dan? Or Norm MacDonald? <laughs> is it? It's the only dirty work I can think of. Yeah, I think so. Is there a movie called Dirt? No. <laughs> yeah, there's one. <laughs> I was thinking of something else. <laughs> I was thinking of Man at Work. Ah, uh, yes. The movie, not the band. But now you were thinking of the band. <laughs> yeah, I am now. Ladies and gentlemen, Colin Jost. <laughs> like playing a weird game of Kevin Bacon, where we went from Dirty Work to Steely Dan to Norm <laughs> MacDonald to Men at Work to Colin Hay, uh, Jost. Colin Hay, that's who I was trying to think of for Man at Work. Yeah. <laughs> and did I mention Colin Mockery earlier? Uh, yeah. Welcome back Colin to the Colin cast. <laughs> yeah. Kalana cast. Kalana. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was Mrs. Bellamy. Anyways, uh, hey, Homer and Marge run to check on uh, Mrs. Bellamy. Um, she's lying on the ground, though. Uh, Homer asks if she's OK. And uh, she weakly points to a man stealing her diamond necklace. The man who's clad in black goes to escape out the window. And as he does, he grins, showing a mouthful of braces. Oh, uh, the teeth kind, not the leg kind. <laughs> Make them harder for escape. Yeah. <laughs> you can run more with using te leg teeth. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> no. <laughs> he has four, uh, four arms, four legs. Right. Not, not, not that teeth have leg things. <laughs> no, teeth don't have leg things. <laughs> 
the thief is gone there and Homer tries to reassure Mrs. Bellamy that she'll be fine. Uh, he then picks her up to find a pair of scissors uh, protruding from her back and he lets out a nervous okay and then he just sets her down and further impaling those scissors just to her body. It's great. This is the sound effect. Like, Yeah. Uh, Homer and Marge react to the death. And uh, so technically, I think Homer did murder her. If that's yeah. still alive. It's true. Technically, he is the murderer. Homer starts making these uh, non-cycle noises like, and then, you know, after some searching, he goes, <laughs> um, and then they, uh, it was a good timing joke. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they tell the uh, the police uh, what happened. What happened? Hey, what happened? So let me get this straight. This mysterious man with braces just stabbed the old lady and disappeared. Without a trace. Found her will, Chief. It was just changed to leave the Simpsons $50,000. Oh, so it's a good thing she died. From our point of view. Financially. Well, I'd like to thank you both for cooperating with our... Did you do it? Chief Wiggum, Homer and I are innocent. I'm sorry, much. I, I can't believe I tried to trick you with such an underhand... Did you do it? No! Now, if you'll excuse us, we'll just be... Does that ever work? No, nah, it never does. Fuck him, Lou. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I'll be back on the streets by dinner time. You'll see. And the elephant that couldn't stop laughing was put to death. Speaking of death, octogenarian Myrna Bellamy was brutally murdered last night. The top suspects, her disgruntled servants, Homer and Marge Simpson. Hmm? Top suspects? Oh, dear. Now everyone will think Homer and I did it. The real killer is the man with the braces. <laughs> yeah, if Dad killed everyone he talked about killing, would any of us be here? You'd be dead a million times. The whole ranch with uh, the chief and then Homer <laughs> at the end saying, book him, Lou. That's silly, but I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's like, yeah, we'll arrest him. Yeah. <laughs> and that his police system is so poor that he knows that he'll be out by dinner <laughs> yeah. time. Um, and then uh, what else there? Uh, well, of course, Ken Brockman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how it's a laughing elephant and they put it to sleep. Yeah. Which this whole episode is about a screaming caterpillar and they can't put it to sleep. Right. Because that is an endangered species, whereas, like, I guess elephants aren't. <laughs> Except for they very much are. Exactly. <laughs> but I just, uh, of course, it, Ken Brockman's always like the coming back from like an ad yeah. break or whatever. It's always the best. And then the also the uh, speaking of death is a wonderful segue. That's where we get our segues from. From Dan Brockman. <laughs> Yeah. And the man who invented Segway, Death. Who died riding a Segway. Yeah. Also, it's just fun that the family laughs at uh, the, the idea of killing Bart. <laughs> um, also, some trivia or kind of a reference. The whole idea of uh, the man with braces is kind of a, a reference to uh, the the fugitive where Richard Kimball is saying that the one on one armed man killed his wife. You know, the 1993 movie and uh, 60s TV show. Yep. Hey, uh, the Simpsons laugh at uh, the possibility of that uh, killing Bart a million times. So Lenny and uh, Carl... So we go to Moe's and Lenny and Carl sitting there wondering if their drinking buddy uh, Homer could be a murderer. And uh, Moe offers that, uh, well, we all have a voice telling us uh, to kill, but you just have to drown it out. He then sings, I've been working on the railroad, which this has been my mantra, too. So, oh, yeah. Thanks, all the Mo. live long day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to himself, uh, quailing those uh, murderous urges. <laughs> um, Homer steps into the bar and sits next to Lenny. And it looks like we got a sober era, Barney. Yeah. And uh, yes, for a beer in an unusual way. I'd kill for a beer. <gasps> uh, 
Uh, right away, sir. I, I, I don't want no trouble. I'd stab somebody for a pickle. Give me some peanuts. Up, up, up. You didn't say you'd kill me. <sighs> I'll kill you if you don't give me some peanuts. Here he, he you go, mister. I love how Mo just refers him to as mister. Hey, you mister. <laughs> just, uh, that was a fun, it was a fun gag. Just, uh, you didn't say. They're afraid, Steve. That's right. Uh, so we then head to the First Church of Springfield, where if you were a pastor, you'd be home by now. The Simpsons are dressed in their Sunday best, but the news of Mrs. Bellamy's death has caused the other churchgoers to give them plenty of space in their pews. Uh, Reverend Lovejoy begins the sermon with readings from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But uh, Homer clears his throat, and the man of God knocks it down to just Matthew and Mark. And then another clearing of the throat, and a quick hand gesture. The church is dismissed. The Reverend runs off stage and drives off, leaving his flock to find their own way home. I always think of my favorite Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John joke is uh, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> the Reverend's like, and next I'll be reading from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the TNT drops in uh, right in front of him. He's like, and duck. And <laughs> it's a funny scene. Blazing Saddles. It's a good movie. Yeah, so Otto is then seen using his school bus to give the Springfield death tour, uh, driving the tourists past uh, the home of Homer and Marge, a.k.a. H. Diddy and his murder hoe. Uh, the tourists gasp and uh, Marge tries to shoot them away, but they're confused because she's holding a knife and she had just cut tomatoes. So it looks like, you know, she murdered someone. Mm -hmm. And so the onlookers take photos of Marge. Homer steps off the bus because it takes him on his route home. Save some money and time. Yeah. Um, so later that night, the Springfield uh, Police Department digs high and low for evidence at the Simpsons household. Ooh. This is ridiculous. You've been through my delicates, my silkies, my dainties and my unmentionables. I insist on searching every inch of this home personally. Here's my underwear drawer. Where's that robot? Hey, Chief, you better get in here. <gasps> Mrs. Bellamy's necklace! Palmer and Marge Simpson, you're under arrest for the murder of Myrna Bellamy. Hmm. Hmm. What are we going to do? You know, Chief, if you let us go, there's a diamond necklace in it for you. I hope you're not suggesting that I would take that necklace as a bribe. Think again, dirtbag, because I can just swipe it later from the evidence locker. Yeah, your wife's gonna look pretty good in that, Chief. Yeah, she's a super lady. Uh, Chief Wiggum's all kind of problems in this scene. Oh, yeah. I know it's an animated show, but the way they animate Wiggum's face to, um, you know, when Homer's like, here's my underwear. And just mm -hmm. the animation of, of him is really well. Like, um, yeah, no, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but also, Wiggum's got a, he's just going around sniffing uh, ladies' underwear or something. Is he, yeah. You know, delicate dainties, unmentionables. Yeah. And silkies. I don't understand that uh, that fetish. No offense if uh, people out there like that. Just like holding some underwear like that does it for you. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, I understand. I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, king shaming. And no. I know lots of, uh, you know, people on the Internet sell their used underwear and make a living off of that. I mean, how do you think Steve met me? Exactly. Wait, am I the? Seller? I was wondering that myself. <laughs> am I my underpants? You'll figure it out because you are as smart as you are cunning. Hey, thank you. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah. People yeah. complimented me about my talking to. Yeah. What else happened in that clip? Um, uh, with the end, calling his wife a super lady. Yeah, I thought that was sweet. Yeah. He's still kind of creepy, though, looking at other women's underwear. It is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, Marge and Homer in handcuffs are led into police custody as we head into our third act. They are locked in cells right next to each other. 
and Marge is in disbelief. Homer has an idea. He'll become a jailhouse snitch. After all, she knows uh, who stopped up the toilet. And uh, <laughs> I think Craig has a theory that uh, it was Marge based on her fi- uh, on her side. Yeah, at the um, end, she's like, mm, I hope uh, he doesn't tell. Marge, you gotta plunge that. Yeah. Um, Homer talks about uh, being a prison snitch, but uh, we find that uh, he was a prison snitch in the Seven, ye- seven Beer Snitch, which uh, we reviewed way back in July 2019 of our show uh, on the 25th episode. Wow. Yeah. We call that bad oh. episodes. <laughs> The worst episodes, I guess I should say. Yeah, was that the episode with? Uh, uh, yeah, I remember that one. Okay. Yeah, from uh, season one. <laughs> so while Marge and Homer wall away in jail, Bart, Lisa, and Magagi are introduced to their new foster family. Now, don't worry, kids. You'll be placed with a caring foster family. Youngins, meet your new brother and sister. Days worth $5 a day, counting money. I'm Bart, and this is Lisa. Damn city names. From now on, you're Dangus Squatford Jr. and Pamela E. Lee. But I like my old name. You hush up, Dangus. Very clever joke. It is, because Bart's name is Pamela Lee. <laughs> you think he's the Dingus? No. Loved it. Also, it's interesting that it's a junior, so <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. They're just simple country folks, Steve. That's right. But he does have lovely penmanship, which we learned. Uh, so a uh, spinning Springfield shopper newspaper informs us, the viewer, that uh, the Ho.J. Simpson trial starts today. In the courtroom, the blue-haired lawyer makes his case. Homer and Marge hated the victim. Her death earned them $50,000, and the necklace was found in their home. But a good old Gil, acting as their lawyer in a dashing uh, baby blue suit, has uh, no remarks for the court at this time. Judge Snyder informs him that there is no other time, so Gil just rests his case. Uh, Marge gives Homer a loving touch as the jury returns from their deliberation. Mr. Foreman, have you reached a verdict? Verdict? Is that what we were supposed to do? Well, in all my years on the bench. Because that's what we did. <laughs> oh, you juries. <laughs> You're going to beat it. How do you find? We find the defendants guilty. <laughs> Homer and Marge Simpson, I sentence you to death in the electric chair. But we're innocent. It was the man with the braces. Can't you do anything? Surprise witnesses? Evidence tampering? Play the race card. Play it. If I'm ever a foreman on a jury, I'm so doing that. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. But of all the... What? Why, you? And Snyder just reaction of like, oh, you juries, you're going to be the death of me. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. Also, uh, play the race card. Play it. <laughs> it's very like classic Homer of this era. Just uh, abs- like being very stern about doing some nonsense. They're sentenced to death by the electric chair. Can we still do that? Pretty sure we do. Probably in one of those. It dumb says the, the last person to be executed in electric chair was a uh, Linda Lion Block in uh, 2002 in Alabama. Huh. Good on you, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably only like a few states. I'm just trying to think like what are the only states that have or that's still allowed so we could, you know. Yeah. Figure um, out where the pesky Springfield is. As of 2021, the only places in the world in the world well, that still reserves the electric chair as an option for execution are the U.S. states of Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. 
I'm not surprised. No. You can't do it anywhere else in the world. Uh, in Arkansas and Oklahoma, there are laws that provide it that you can use the electric chair should the lethal injection ever be held to be unconstitutional. So, all right. Yeah. Weird and gross and wrong. Uh, not a political podcast, but capital punishment is weird. What about lowercase punishment? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Tell that little lie. <laughs> you know, it's so sassy with the dot. Ooh, sometimes it's a heart. What about, the, what about Q? It's like, oh, I'm a G without a foot. Yeah, I'm backwards. <laughs> B and D hanging out, all confusing. Oh, I go this way, I go that way. Oh, yeah. And then P, I'm like, that. I'm on my back. Letters dumb. Just kill them all. Lowercase Zs are like, I'm just like my big brother's Ed. I don't know. I remember this documentary, uh, Billy Madison, and uh, <laughs> they're hard to do. They're like a little staircase. <laughs> Phil Rizzuto. All right. Well, uh, Homer and Marge are sent to Springfield Penitentiary, not affiliated with Death Row Records. <laughs> Um, to meet uh, their demise, their Steve, uh, and then uh, we get an Irish Catholic priest there, uh, comforting the couple. But when Marsh tells them they have different faith, he kindly hopes that they all enjoy their stay in hell. And then uh, as he walks away, bumps into good old Reverend Lovejoy and mocks the priest, say, uh, "Nice dress." And then uh, the the Catholic priest marks, uh, "Oh, go home and have sex with your wife." And then uh, they, the two good men of God, there exchange their blows with their fists, not their mouths, and uh, they're carried away by guards. Uh, your line reading of "Go home and have sex with your wife" very good. I, I really like that. Hi today today. It's probably offensive, but I'm oh. part Irish, so I can yeah. do it. I'm very Irish. I found out recently, so I can do it too. You found out you were an alcoholic just now. I mean, I always assumed, but <laughs> I took a hundred. I took a DNA test, and it turns out I'm that bitch. So Lizzo reference. Lizzo. Oh. Uh, so Homer stuffs his face with his last meal, consisting of a bucket of fried chicken, a pizza, several cheeseburgers, hot dogs, donuts, pies, and even a little keg of Duff beer. Mm. Uh, which is actually pretty close to what my last meal was. Yeah. I know we've talked about it on the show, but I'll take it. Pretty sure I said cheeseburger and, fr- uh, and uh, chicken. I don't need the donuts. No, of the salty, fatty fried foods. I'm good. Uh, I agree. Uh, so Marge wonders how her husband could have such an appetite, but it's all part of Homer's plan for the <laughs> execution. His cannon is going to be full when he goes off. Kaboom. Uh, Homer then tries to seduce Marge with another cannon of his own, uh, since this is her last night on Earth and the cells are side by side. But Marge can't get in the mood with all those murderous eyes staring at him. Uh, Homer likes to think of those eyes as sparkling stars, but for Marge, it's no use. She can't be horny at a time like this. She describes all the things that she's going to miss, and that gets Homer thinking. I just keep thinking about everything we're going to miss. The kids growing up. Grandchildren. <laughs> I want to confess. I killed and robbed the old lady all by myself. Marge is completely innocent. The only thing she's guilty of is loving too much. The murder I did. Congratulations, Mrs. Simpson. Your husband confessed to everything. You're free to go. My love, you saved my life. Now you do it for me. Dead man walking on a green mile. Dead man walking on a green mile. That's the name of my third studio album. <laughs> um, well, Marge is going to miss things, and Homer, uh, you know, he, he, he owned up to the murder. That he yeah. Kind of right. I like how he's all like, uh, now you do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> you confess, and I get off. 
so surprise surprise i never saw the green mile oh we should do a podcast called steve hasn't seen, seen it yeah or steve's seen it yeah It'd be all the, the marvel movies but you've seen top gun oh uh, yeah i've seen top gun <laughs> Space Jam? Oh, yeah. I actually have seen Space Jam. See, I haven't seen Space Jam. So, wait, no, I mean, I've seen parts of it, but not like, yeah. I mean, I have seen it. It's fine. Yeah. Walking on the Green Mile. Um, uh, it's, I know it gets kind of lumped in with like Shawshank because they kind of came out around the same time, but they're yeah. kind of two completely different movies. Um, right. And also because it's both based off of a Stephen King uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a Shawshank guy, but they're two completely different beasts. So interesting. Uh, it, it's, it's a good movie. I'm sure it is. I, uh, I'll watch it eventually. I probably won't. Okay. Uh, so Homer is stopped by an inmate who, uh, requests unless. Oh. You guys want to hear us do the what green mile drinking game? Woo! We'll drink all green alcohol. Yep, just a lot of creme de menthe. And we'll bring a little pet mouse. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to Michael Clark Duncan. Mm. Oh, sorry. too soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't shown up in the episode yet, so we can't talk about it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. So Homer is uh, stopped by an inmate who requests his hands. Sorry, Amarosa, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, he's an it's an homage to uh, John Coffey from the Green Mile. Speaking of Michael Clark Duncan, uh, but this Mr. Coffey is not the gentle giant that he played in that movie. He threatens to kill Homer like he killed the other people and even threatens to kill the giant matter, the normal sized mouse that he's keeping as a pet. And uh, some fun trivia. While recording this episode, the Simpsons staff were told that Michael Clark Duncan was visiting the studio and they're like, oh, that'd be great. We can just have him record the Mr. Coffey part. They asked him and he said, nah, no, I'm good. So it was played uh, by somebody else. I remember like when he died, that, that was kind of like one of those like shocking celebrity deaths. Like, really? Yeah. He didn't expect it. Well, it was really out days. of nowhere. Yeah. He was good in everything he did, you know? R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. You'll be missed or you'll continue to be missed. That's right. Uh, so Homer is strapped into the electric chair. Then a wet sponge is placed on his head and a crowd looks on, including such Springfield residents as Ned Flanders. We got Mrs. Agnes Skinner. Uh, her uh, son, Principal Skinner. We got Mo, Lenny, Patty, and Selma. The man with braces. Wait, what? Oh, that's weird. Uh, Grandpa. Uh, Pooh. Hmm. The streamer pillar. <laughs> and uh, former President George H. W. Bush. Probably likes that. He probably likes enjoying watching him <laughs> yeah. die. Yeah. That's a bad neighbor. Oh, Steve, do you hear that? The phone's ringing. Oh. Hello. Yes, Governor. No, Governor. It's not too late. Yes, Governor, I'll tell him right away. The Governor says he hopes you're a twitcher. Oh, yes. Oh. Chin up, Homer. We gotta put an electrode there to ground the brainstem. Thank you. (laughs) Goodbye, March. I'll always love you. That's right! Homer Simpson, you're the latest victim of the new reality show, Frame Up! (gasps) It's the man with the braces! I'm also your host. Now, let's meet a ghost. Mrs. Bellamy? There never was a Mrs. Bellamy. Only me, Carmen Electra. I knew it! And I'm some actor they hired. Frame Up is Fox's latest hit. Right after No Pants Island and Fart Date. Oh, boy. Um, so we got the Yes guy doing a lot of fun. Like, I think Dan really, like, has fun with that role. And especially you think that, you know, the joke of, of course, like, uh, the governor 
can uh, say no to the execution. Right. Yeah, we threw it at the last minute. He referred to the governor as a he, though. Is the true. Governor Bailey not uh, not the governor anymore? I don't know. Um, and then Homer dies, but not. Right. And then uh, Carmen Electra. Like, yeah. Carmen Electra for some reason. She was big then. Yeah. Probably still married to Dave Navarro. Sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, the basketball player guy. Oh, yeah. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. A friend of uh, North Korea. True. Yeah. He can save us all. Just let him. Yeah. Just all this him. mess. I like uh, I'm coming to Electra and I'm some actor they hired. <laughs> yeah. Some bland so Ryan kind of Seacrest the, type. The way I mean, they're doing this, the joke here, because it's like the frame up, probably a reference to like can a camera, obviously, with punk. Those mm-hmm. punk, punk probably is coming around that time. Yeah. And uh, just a lot of those shows, too. It'd always be like the sexy lady that people know and then some white guy. <laughs> right. Just some dude. I also enjoyed uh, No Pants Island and uh, Fart Date. Just making fun of Fox. This was that era. Yeah. So I do have to wonder, though, and this what is probably fart thinking. Date would be? Well, that, yes. I mean, I assume that, you know, they're stuck in a bubble. They have to have a date. <laughs> but they've <laughs> also been eating gassy foods. Beans. and Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of high fiber. Actually, like, yeah, just a lot of broccoli, like raw broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Or steamed right? Whichever of the way you eat broccoli, but yeah, high fiber. But. Literally, No Pants Island, isn't that just naked and afraid? Yeah, the Simpsons invented it. <laughs> yeah. No Pants Island wouldn't be fun because you can't see the genitalia because they have to bleep it out. I know. That's why I don't know why. I think that uh, the the No Pants Island, the real one, what did you just call it? What is it called? Uh, naked and Afraid? Yeah, Naked and Afraid. That should be on premium cable. <laughs> I want to see a snake bite a wang. Exactly. I want to see unpleasant naked people in peril. That's all we're asking for. Exactly. Take out the, you know, it's on Discovery Plus. Shouldn't they, um, since you're paying that that premium $5.99 for Discovery Plus or whatever, Mm -hmm. $6.99, that's worth a wang or two. Naked and afraid after dark. (laughs) I want to see some gray pubic hair. (laughs) But it'd just be like with the night vision cameras. That's not that fun. No. Weird glowing green eyes. (sighs) All right. Uh, no, I was gonna wonder. Yeah. <laughs> when did the sh- when did they when did the show the frame up show when did they get involved with the Simpsons? Like, how far back does it go? Like, did they who is in on it? Like, did they uh, bring in the Screamer Pillar? Is EPA involved? I think I think the EPA has to be involved. But that's actually not like yeah, EPA. Maybe that's not actually EP, the EPA. Could be because I would imagine they don't wear jackets that say no EPA. Yeah, and I think you're right. It, there should have been the, a reveal that the EPA guy was actually also uh, the yeah. host or something. So probably maybe there's a deleted scene. Yeah, they I found busted out the Homer yeah. when he's buying the koi pond, and they snuck the screen propeller in there. Yeah. So they could get Homer arrested. So they were just waiting for the service. Yeah. They were just waiting for the stooge who ever bought that koi pond at the Home Depot. Right. All right. So it's the Home Depot to blame. Exactly. Right. Like it usually is. So back to the show. The whole thing was a joke. And Homer has never been more relieved, relieved and angry. <laughs> Chief Wiggum points out that the network tied up the judicial system, costing the city millions of dollars just for a TV show. He uh, gets to be on that show, and Eddie and Lou have producing credits, which is nice. Uh, we then learn that Cher, that much like Cher, uh, Eddie and Lou do not have last names. All right, and uh, Marge tells Homer how lucky she is to be married to a selfless, loving man. Uh, Bart and Lisa are glad to see their parents, and uh, while they're watching along in the green room, and Bart uh, he even says he's had so much shrimp. But Craig, come what? on, huh? Uh, in in the episode, please, Homer, don't hammer him. Um, Mr. Uh, Principal Skinner finds out that Bart has a horrible shrimp allergy. So 
What's going on? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. That's right. When did uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Them come out? Um, that Oh, we watched that one. Yeah, we did. It's from season 18. So you, this was before season 18. So. Yeah. So maybe he hadn't developed his shrimp no, allergy no. yet. So unfire John Schwartz Rotter. Now, Steve. You are got the job back, John. Thanks, man. Speech, speech, speech. What? You don't want to no. give one? Fine. <clears throat> I'm going to go smoke a cigarette in my booth. In my diner booth at home. Look <laughs> for Trump again. Yeah, take that, you bleeding liberal hearts. Uh, <laughs> so Homer's glad everyone's all right, but feels that Carmen Electra should be ashamed of herself for toying with people's lives. And as he's saying this, he's clearly staring down at the uh, actress's uh, breasts. She says that her face is up here, but Homer's made his choice. And that joke is the way Canceled. we end our show. <laughs> and yeah. We're canceling that joke. All right, um, Steve, how about we uh, do like we'd like to do and uh, take a break. Think about this episode. Come back to talk about it. Yeah, I like the sound of that. We'll be right back. All right. Craig, let's finish up our talk about the frying game. We'll talk about the things that made us laugh, the things we want, might want on a tattoo or T-shirt or other media, and uh, we'll uh, say our MVJ and what we thought of the show, and then we'll find out what we're watching next week. What do you say, Craig? All right. What do we do first? Uh, let's do uh, things we want on things. Uh, okay. Yeah. So what do you want on a T-shirt, a tattoo, or other type thing? I want a crew shirt to the uh, hit reality show Fart Date. Beautiful. Like it says Fart Date Crew. I love it. Or No Pants Island uh, shorts. Yeah. It's just funny because they're yeah. they're like pants. So uh, for me, in the very beginning of the episode, um, when Homer's talking about his tips to a successful marriage, uh, Carl writes them down on a three by five card. And I think that would transfer well to a t-shirt. So just uh, make every day a celebration of your love, surprise with pasta salad, and put a mini beret on your wang. Yeah. That'd be a great shirt. Good advice. And we, and we said we're going to open a Etsy store with Wang berets. Yes. Oddly enough, uh, designed by Vera Wang herself. <laughs> it's a collab with Connie Chung. Everybody <laughs> Wang Chung. Yes, yes, I get it. I'm not as handsome as I look. Oh, come on, Craig. You're as funny as you are handsome. Thank you. Uh, I mean, what if you get like a little plush of the scream pillar? So when you squeeze it, it just screams. <laughs> Pull the string on it. That would be a horrible thing that would sell very well. I think it probably does, right? Yeah. It has to exist. That's that's what the Etsy short Etsy store should be. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we got our merch there. What about jokey jokes, visual things? Like oh uh, man. There's a lot of good jokes and joke scenes in there that we talked about on the uh talk about uh the the jury with the judge was great. Um <laughs> I also like at the beginning, we had, I forgot to bring it up, but when Homer goes into Mrs. Bellamy's closet and screams because mm-hmm. he sees the literal skeleton in her closet, uh, uh-huh. I think that was kind of a fun joke. Yeah, um, and the run with the matches, too. Yeah, and all the old ladies when they're playing their mahjong, great scene. Uh, Mr. Burns' little thing in the, the nuclear power plant. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, Marge has a couple good lines, you know, you know, when she gets the koi pond and uh, how much did he piss away? Mm-hmm. 
the socks darn the socks darn her also the beginning too with uh mo and uh, lenny just the the bar talk yeah the epa guy too and when he yeah. calls in uh dr foot i don't know what my one two favorite scene uh... it's tough too because when they're describing the screen pillar and lisa's reading the pamphlet and she's like without constant reassurance it'll die like me <laughs> and it's sexually attracted to fire fire like that you. was a great show <laughs> Huh. I'm going to go with, uh, I mean, Agnes is always good. Oh, and then, of course, we had a, a Brockman line of, uh, and the laughing elephant was put to sleep. Maybe it's the Jerry joke. Yeah, that one did make me probably laugh out loud the loudest. Yeah. Mrs. Bellingham, great line delivery from uh, Cliff's mom. Yeah. Hmm. I guess the MBJ. Lenny Carl, hmm. Marge. I'll give it to, uh, I'll give it to Agnes. Okay. I'm going to give it to Marge. All um right. But so it's very nice. tough. It's, it's, Don't forget it's the hard. yes guy too. Oh God, he was very good too. Let's uh, let's just uh, get okay. into it. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this on this grand episode? Well, I think you alluded it in the beginning when you talked about how we watched it live back when it aired and how we weren't fans of it. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Like that is, I remember this episode is particularly. You're right. The the caterpillar was annoying, but as an adult and understanding, you know, story structure and writing, <laughs> that's the point. Right. And, um, is it like one of Schwartzwelder's best? I mean, I don't think it's in this top five, but I think there's very Schwartzweldian jokes and kind of you know, the whole idea of like capital punishment. But also, this is also the time period, I think, too, with the Simpsons loved making fun of Fox and yeah, noticing how the climate of television has changed since The Simpsons aired. And when you think about like The Simpsons when it first aired, we were still rocking like the wholesome family sitcom you know with like uh, cosby and family ties right. family ties i think it ended in like 90 or 89 but still you know and growing pains and family matters you know all of these shows because this was you know the simpsons was an era you know that was essentially you know that era of so many family sitcoms and by the 2000s that landscape had changed like we were moving on from the family sitcom right and it was reality shows were coming to you know like it was this is kind of like the idea of like what do they think of next and i think in our landscape too like i knew reality is still king mm-hmm. uh scripted network shows aren't much of a thing anymore um i don't know where i'm going with this but think about like literally how fox is now like i think i don't know if it's fox but there's the mass singer but now there's like the cgi singer <laughs> You know, it's like, Um, this is so ridiculous. Why? One one of my uh, former improv teachers is the contestant on that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Good for you, man. Yeah. But just how much reality is, you know. So I like that kind of reference at the end. Um, What's that sound, Steve? Are you? Oh, sorry. I I, uh, discovered that the Screamer Pillar is actually a real thing. Oh. (laughs) And it makes noise when you touch it. Oh, so there actually is a product of the Screamer Pillar. That's what it sounds like. Not as annoying. Sorry. Go yeah. on with your review. Well, then Joey Behart comes in with Whoopi Goldberg. He's uh-huh. going with my view. Okay. <laughs> review. Oh, review. Okay. Um, where I was going off on this tangent, like, um, I feel like that's what like my message was from this. But also, uh, it's an absurd episode. It is. Yeah. And I think I enjoy it now more than I did when it originally aired. Because there is some fun Schwartzwelding things. I think I would go back and watch this. I remember I was like, when we found out we we're going to watch this, I was a little hesitant. Because, mm-hmm. again, not really remembering it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But, um, yeah, I think it holds up. Um, there are some jokes that don't work in today's climate. But um, 
So, Steve, uh, as you know, this uh, the Frying Game was a parody of the title The Crying Game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that movie came out, of course, in uh, 1992 on the good old Rotten Tomatoes. That is a 94 percent on the tomato meter, a 78 percent audience score. So uh, between the numbers 78 and 94, 94 being the highest, I'll give this episode um, uh, the year I was born, 82. Very good score, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it had to be yeah. a number between 94 and 78. I gave it and, 82. Yeah, that is uh, in that number line. So good job, Craig. <laughs> I am as a... Uh, You're as good as what, math as you are at <laughs> making podcasts. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. I'm terrible at... <laughs> wait a minute. How about you, Steve? Uh, so uh, one joke that uh, we kind of skimmed over is uh, the one where a shoulder or a, a devil appears on Homer's shoulder and um, then kills the angel. And I think that that trope is so like antiquated and old. And so for John Schroeder to make a joke about it speaks well to his kind of uh, the way that his mind works. Uh, he takes kind of old timey things, puts them in modern day and makes fun of them. And uh, I think that's uh, what this episode is all about is just kind of creating old, taking old ideas and repurposing them in new and fun ways, like helping the old lady, um, doing stuff like that. And then also, yeah, as you mentioned, the advent of reality TV and how it threatened scripted television at the time. You know, in the early 2000s, you know, Survivor was like considered so out there from normal programming. And then just two years later, every network, especially Fox, was uh, doing that. So I think this is a good commentary on the TV at the time. And also, you know, capital punishment being weird and they, they weren't like really pro or against it, but it's a weird thing. So that. And then, um, I don't know, Screamer Pillard's weird. And it was annoying when we first saw it, but it's in the show for like three minutes. And the structure of the show is the episode is so interesting because you go from Homer being a good husband to the weird bug to them helping an old lady to them being on trial for murder to them being on a reality show. It's such an interesting, weird trip. And you're right. It's not it may not be John Schultz's best episode, but I think that just speaks to how good he is as a writer that this one, which on his list of episodes might seem made mediocre, is actually just a really good episode. So I think it's a lot of fun. It's a wacky one. I would recommend watching it just because uh, there's just joke after joke and it's all a lot of fun. So he's uh, John Schultz is credited with writing 59 episodes of The Simpsons. I'm going to give this uh, we'll say a 48 out of 59. Yeah, it- it's um it's a fun one to go back to guys uh do yourself a favor and check it out yeah we recommend it all right you know what we should recommend next week steve uh, another episode to watch that's right steve according to the internet and uh the tv guide you know, please save the crossword for me yeah my tv guide i have a tv guide from uh that was once owned by jackie oh steve oh yeah she thought mindy was married to mark hey give her a break her husband died and scene. Excellent. Mr. Burns? Ahoy, hoy. All right. So we, we don't need the wheel of random because it's supposed to be a new episode, right? That's right. It's uh, the sixth season. Nope. It's the sixth <laughs> episode of the 33rd season, and it is entitled A Serious Flanders. So when a ruthless debt collector comes to Springfield, Homer and Ned's lives are sucked into the artfully violent world of prestige TV. Ooh. Steve, there's something special about this episode, right? That's right. It is a part one of a two-part episode, which is the uh, fourth two-part episode 
of The Simpsons, which we also had Who Shot Mr. Burns from season seven, Great Catsby, which we watched and had thoughts on, and season 31's uh, Warren Priests featuring uh, comedian Pete Holmes. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I don't really remember. Actually, I do remember Warren Pete's Priests. A few years ago, uh, Great Fatsby. That's uh, that's one. Yep. Who shot Mr. Burns? Should we just watch that instead? Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, cool. Should we just um skip next week and wait till the second part comes out and just do it all one? Yeah, that'd be easier. Oh, but, it uh, would be, especially since someone's going out of town. That's true. But no, we don't want to keep our fan <laughs> uh, waiting, so we'll we'll do it proper. All right, proper it is. Uh, it'd be fun going back to the new episodes. All right, Steve. Um, hey, fans out there, go ahead and uh, contact us on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at 138Simpsons. And you can go to your favorite podcasting app and leave us five stars or the equivalent. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. For this week, I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, without constant reassurance, it will die. Yeepah. Working on a railroad all the live long day.